Chapter Twenty One of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. La Petite Maison. We left Madame de Lamotte at Monsieur Mesmer's door, watching the Queen's carriage as it drove off. Then she went home, for she also intended to put on a domino and indulge herself by going to the opera. But a contretemps awaited her. A man was waiting at her door with a note from the Cardinal de Rohan. She opened it and read as follows. "'Madame la Comtesse, you have doubtless not forgotten that we have business together. Even if you have a short memory, I never forget what has pleased me. I shall have the honor to wait for you where my messenger will conduct you, if you please to come.' Jean, although rather vexed, immediately re-entered the coach and told the footman to get on the box with the coachman. Ten minutes sufficed to bring her to the entrance of the Faubourg Saint-Antoine, where, in a hollow and completely hidden by great trees, was one of those pretty houses built in the time of Louis XV, with all the taste of the sixteenth, with the comfort of the eighteenth century. Oh, oh, a petite maison, said she to herself. It is very natural on the part of Monsieur de Rohan, but very humiliating for Valois. But patience. She was led from room to room till she came to a small dining-room, fitted up with exquisite taste. There she found the cardinal waiting for her. He was looking over some pamphlets, but rose immediately on seeing her. "'Ah, here you are. Thanks, Madame la Comtesse.' And he approached to kiss her hand, but she drew back with a reproachful and indignant air. "'What is the matter, Madame?' he asked. You are doubtless not accustomed, Monseigneur, to receive such a greeting from the women whom your eminence is in the habit of summoning here. Oh, madame! We are in your petite maison, are we not, sir? Continued she, looking disdainfully around her. But, madame! I had hoped that your eminence would have deigned to remember in what rank I was born. I had hoped that you would have been pleased to consider— that if God has made me poor, he has at least left me the pride of my race. Come, come, Countess, I took you for a woman of intellect. You call a woman of intellect, it appears, Monseigneur, every one who is indifferent to and laughs at everything, even dishonor. To these women, pardon me, Your Eminence, I have been in the habit of giving a different name. No, Countess, you deceive yourself. I call a woman of intellect one who listens when you speak to her, and does not speak before having listened. I listen, then. I had to speak to you of serious matters, Countess. Therefore you receive me in a dining-room? Why, would you have preferred my receiving you in a boudoir? The distinction is nice said she. "'I think so, Countess.' "'Then I am simply to sup with you?' "'Nothing else.' "'I trust your eminence is persuaded that I feel the honour as I ought?' "'You are quizzing, Countess.' "'No, I only laugh. Would you rather I were angry? You are difficult to please, Monseigneur.' "'Oh!' 
you are charming when you laugh and i ask nothing better than to see you always doing so but at this moment you are not laughing oh no there is anger in that smile which shows your beautiful teeth not the least in the world monseigneur that is good and i hope you will sup well i shall sup well and you oh i am not hungry how madame you refuse to sup with me you send me away i do not understand you monseigneur listen dear countess if you were less in a passion i would tell you that it is useless to behave like this you are always equally charming but as at each compliment i fear to be dismissed i abstain you fear to be dismissed really i beg pardon of your eminence but you become unintelligible it is however quite clear what i say the other day when i came to see you you complained that you were lodged unsuitably to your rank i thought therefore that to restore you to your proper place would be like restoring air to the bird whom the experimenter has placed under his air-pump consequently beautiful countess that you might receive me with pleasure and that i on my part might visit you without compromising either you or myself he stopped and looked at her well she said i hoped that you would deign to accept this small residence you observe i do not call it petite maison except you give me this house monseigneur said jeanne her heart beating with eagerness a very small gift countess but if i had offered you more you would have refused oh monseigneur it is impossible for me to accept this impossible why do not say that word to me for i do not believe in it this house belongs to you the keys are here on this silver plate do you find out another humiliation in this no but then accept monseigneur i have told you how madame you write to the ministers for a pension you accept a hundred louis from an unknown lady oh monseigneur it is different come i have waited for you in your dining-room i have not yet seen the boudoir nor the drawing-room nor the bedrooms for i suppose there are all these oh monseigneur forgive me you force me to confess that you the most delicate of men and she blushed with the pleasure she had been so long restraining but checking herself she sat down and said now will your eminence give me my supper the cardinal took off his cloak and sat down also supper was served in a few minutes jeanne put on her mask before the servants came in it is i who ought to wear a mask said the cardinal for you are at home among your own people jeanne laughed but did not take hers off in spite of her pleasure and surprise 
she made a good supper. The cardinal was a man of much talent, and from his great knowledge of the world and of women, he was a man difficult to contend with, and he thought that this country girl, full of pretension, but who in spite of her pride could not conceal her greediness, would be an easy conquest, worth undertaking on account of her beauty, and of a something piquant about her, very pleasing to a man blasé like him. He therefore never took pains to be much on his guard with her, and she, more cunning than he thought, saw through his opinion of her and tried to strengthen it by playing the provincial coquette and appearing silly, that her adversary might be in reality weak in his overconfidence. The cardinal thought her completely dazzled by the present he had made her, and so indeed she was, but he forgot that he himself was below the mark of the ambition of a woman like Jeanne. "'Come!' said he, pouring out for her a glass of cypress wine. "'As you have signed your contract with me, you will not be unfriendly any more, Countess.' "'Oh, no!' "'You will receive me here sometimes without repugnance?' "'I shall never be so ungrateful as to forget whose house this really is.' "'Not mine!' "'Oh, yes, Monseigneur.' "'Do not contradict me. I advise you, or I shall begin to impose conditions.' "'You take care on your part.' "'Of what?' why i am at home here you know and if your conditions are unreasonable i shall call my servants the cardinal laughed ha you laugh sir you think if i call they will not come oh you quite mistake countess i am nothing here only your guest apropos continued he as if it had just entered his head have you heard anything more of the ladies who came to see you the ladies of the portrait said jeanne who now knowing the queen saw through the artifice yes the ladies of the portrait monseigneur you know them as well and even better than i do i feel sure oh countess you do me wrong did you not express a wish to learn who they were certainly it is natural to desire to know your benefactors well if i knew i should have told you monsieur le cardinal you do know them no if you repeat that no i shall have to call you a liar i shall know how to avenge that insult how with a kiss you know the portrait of maria theresa certainly but what of that that having recognized this portrait you must have had some suspicion of the person to whom it belonged and why because it was natural to think that the portrait of a mother would only be in the hands of her daughter the queen cried the cardinal with so truthful a tone of surprise that it duped even jeanne do you really think the queen came to see you and you did not suspect it mon dieu no how should i i who speak to you am neither son daughter nor even relation of maria teresa 
yet i have a portrait of her about me at this moment look said he and he drew out a snuff-box and showed it to her therefore you see that if i who am in no way related to the imperial house carry about such a portrait another might do the same and yet be a stranger jeanne was silent she had nothing to answer then it is your opinion he went on that you have had a visit from the queen marie antoinette the queen and another lady madame de polignac i do not know perhaps madame de lamballe a young lady very beautiful and very serious oh perhaps mademoiselle de tavernay it is possible i do not know her well if her majesty has really come to visit you you are sure of her protection it is a great step toward your fortune i believe it monseigneur and her majesty was generous to you she gave me a hundred louis and she is not rich particularly now that doubles my gratitude did she show much interest in you very great then all goes well said the prelate there only remains one thing now to penetrate to versailles the countess smiled ah oh, countess it is not so easy she smiled again more significantly than before really you provincials said he doubt nothing because you have seen versailles with the doors open and stairs to go up you think any one may open these doors and ascend these stairs have you seen the monsters of brass of marble and of lead which adorn the park and the terraces yes griffins gorgons ghouls and other ferocious beasts well you will find ten times as many and more wicked living animals between you and the favor of sovereigns your eminence will aid me to pass through the ranks of these monsters i will try but it will be difficult and if you pronounce my name if you discover your talisman it will lose all its power happily then i am guarded by the immediate protection of the queen and i shall enter versailles with a good key what key countess ha huh. monsieur le cardinal that is my secret or rather it is not for if it were mine i should feel bound to tell it to my generous protector there is then an obstacle countess alas yes monseigneur it is not my secret and i must keep it let it suffice you to know that to-morrow i shall go to versailles that i shall be received and i have every reason to hope well received the cardinal looked at her with wonder 
<laughs> countess said he laughing i shall see if you will get in you will push your curiosity so far as to follow me exactly very well really countess you are a living enigma one of those monsters who inhabit versailles oh you believe me a man of taste do you not certainly monseigneur well here i am at your knees and i take your hand and kiss it should i do that if i thought you a monster i beg you sir to remember said jeanne coldly that i am neither a grisette nor an opera girl that i am my own mistress feeling myself the equal of any man in this kingdom therefore i shall take freely and spontaneously when it shall please me the man who will have gained my affections therefore monseigneur respect me a little and in me the nobility to which we both belong the cardinal rose i see said he you wish me to love you seriously i do not say that but i wish to be able to love you when that day comes if it does come you will easily find it out believe me if you do not i will let you know it for i feel young enough and attractive enough not to mind making the first advances nor to fear a repulse countess if it depends upon me you shall love me we shall see you have already a friendship for me have you not more than that oh then we are at least halfway and you are a woman that i should adore if he stopped and sighed well said she if if you would permit it perhaps i shall when i shall be independent of your assistance and you can no longer suspect that i encourage you from interested motives then you forbid me to pay my court now not at all but there are other ways besides kneeling and kissing hands well countess let us hear what will you permit all that is compatible with my tastes and duties oh that is vague indeed stop i was going to add my caprices i am lost you draw back no said the cardinal i do not well then i want a proof speak i want to go to the ball at the opera well countess that only concerns yourself are you not free as air to go where you wish ah but you have not heard all i want you to go with me i to the opera countess said he with a start of horror see already how much your desire to please me is worth a 
cardinal cannot go to a ball at the opera countess it is as if i proposed to you to go to a public house then a cardinal does not dance i suppose oh no but i have read that monsieur le cardinal de richelieu danced a sarabande yes before anne of austria before a queen repeated jean perhaps you would do as much for a queen the cardinal could not help blushing dissembler as he was it is not natural she continued that i should feel hurt when after all your protestations you will not do as much for me as you would for a queen especially when i only ask you to go concealed in a domino and a mask besides a man like you who may do anything with impunity the cardinal yielded to her flattery and her blandishments taking her hand he said for you i will do anything even the impossible thanks monseigneur you really are amiable but now you have consented i will let you off no no he who does the work can alone claim the reward countess i will attend you but in a domino we shall pass through the rue st denis close to the opera said the countess i will go in masked buy a domino and a mask for you and you can put them on in the carriage that will do delightfully oh monseigneur you are very good but now i think of it perhaps at the hotel rohan you might bind a domino more to your taste than the one i should buy now countess that is unpardonable malice believe me if i go to the opera i shall be as surprised to find myself there as you were to find yourself supping tete a tete with a man not your husband jean had nothing to reply to this soon a carriage without arms drove up they both got in and drove off at a rapid pace End of chapter twenty one recording by john van stan savannah georgia